Welcome to Heart and Soul, the radio show dedicated to all things BDSM. My name is Mistress Elisa. I'm a dominatrix, BDSM counselor, and life coach. Listen, you've got questions, and I've got answers. And I'll be talking to you from my heart and soul. here today with Frank S. Hello, Frank. How are you? I'm well, mistress. How are you? I'm doing very well. How much did you miss me? A bunch, of course. <laughs> Tell me about your day. I started early, four or five in the morning. Uh, worked all day, long, long days this time of year, and Glad to be here with you. Mm-hmm. Now, we have really been talking for only six, um, two weeks. We've only been talking for two weeks. I want to know how your journey with me is impacting your normal day. Well, I have a confidence, a renewed confidence in that somebody accepts me just as I am and helps me to accept myself as I am. I thought I already did, but some other areas have come to light and it enhances that, that progress. Can you, without divulging too much personal information, tell me what areas of your life those are? Well, uh, one of the big ones is not using sex as a coping mechanism, use it uh, or indulge in it in the proper fashion. And when you indulge in it in the proper fashion, then you don't have the emptiness later. was one of the biggest. You've learned that in two weeks. Yes, ma'am. Actually, the first night. Yes, ma'am. Hmm. All right. For the sake of building a bigger picture, let's talk about your beginning with me. Your beginning with me was actually in February of 2016, a year and five months ago. Mm -hmm. So a year and five months ago is when you first contacted me. Um, I have notes here, and I do keep lots of notes. Um, I have notes that you were defensive, um, that you had these patterns of engaging in the lifestyle, and then purging. Um, you showed signs of being submissive when you were five or six years of age, even before you were, were anywhere near puberty. Mm, you wanted structure and assignments. You wanted to have the submissive experience, but you didn't last very long with me in the beginning. You had one, two... 
you had three calls and on that third call it was uh, the note here is that it essentially was a cordial goodbye i didn't block you because of the way that you said goodbye but you were of the mindset that you knew what you wanted and i was pretty much clueless <laughs> that's that was kind of your approach you knew what you wanted and needed and what i was offering to you what i proposed to you that you needed was not well received so that was in February of last year, a year and five months ago. And then you found your way back to me um, five weeks ago. Is that right? No. Um, more like six or seven weeks ago. About seven. I don't think so. July. Oh, I'm sorry. This is not <laughs> June. This is July. Oh my gosh, sweetheart, you've only been back for two weeks. Yes, ma'am. Good job. Yes, I'm glad you didn't let my mistake slide. That would not have been good. Thank you, sweetheart. So you've been back for about two weeks. Tell me how you found your way back to me after a year and five months. Well, I remember from the earlier conversations that you were very knowledgeable and very wise and I was I guess the blunt honesty is seeking something different this time than I was a year and a half ago mm -hmm. and this time was more advice and lack of a better word coaching or help process some questions I had within me mm -hmm. was more the reason that I contacted you this time. Your focus when you contacted me initially last year, your focus was on small penis humiliation or um, little dick torture, that kind of thing, and cuckolding fantasies. Yes, ma'am. That's what you were into. And it's interesting to me when people come to me with a list of things and they try to dress it up as submission. So that definitely didn't go over well with me at all. Because for me, if you are submissive and you come to me and you want the submissive experience, there is no checklist. There are no requests. You simply lay yourself at my feet and I do with you as I please. You were not in that space. Talk to me about what small penis humiliation was all about for you. Well, it was in a way a contradiction, no pun intended, it, um, because I'm technically not that small. It was just the way I felt and it was a, it was an escape and a means to, I guess, produce more endorphins or a bigger high or whatever. It was, it had been stuck in my head for years. I mean, since a real young boy, uh, even the cuckolding thing, even before I knew there was a word for it. Mm -hmm. And it, I was using that as an escape from other issues. 
Why do you think that you chose to embrace this fetish in particular, or these two fetishes? I'm not real clear on that. Um, like I say, some of them, or both of them, were in me very young uh, from some unfortunate circumstances as well, I'm sure led to it and kind of sex, pain, humiliation, and embarrassment all got tangled up at a too early of an age. Mm-hmm. And it was a long journey to process a whole lot of that stuff. And it, I don't know, it, it, it like I say, it was all entangled and it created a, a bigger high while it was happening, which I guess released more endorphins, which uh, made the release better. And I'm, I'm, I don't have all the answers to that, but something along those lines. Well, you're doing well. You're expressing yourself really well. Okay. Now, when you came back to me two weeks ago, you specifically revisited these fantasies. Your question to me was, should I embrace little dick humiliation and cuckolding, or should I just let it go? Yes, ma'am. How did you get to that point? I'm not sure, because I tried um, many times before, uh, even whether I called it submission or the submissive side or I tried many times. It was just something that uh, an addiction or something that I guess because of other things inside me that I never was. It took that long to be able to, to get to a point where I felt like I had a choice. And when I felt like I had a, a real choice, I wanted somebody knowledgeable's opinion of is it healthy or not? Uh, stay, go ahead and indulge in it and enjoy it, or is it just lead to destruction? Because now I have a choice. How did you get to the point of having a choice? Was that I, I'm assuming that that was the work that you had been doing individually. You've been, you've been very. Um, you've been making a conscious decision to be present and to put positive things inside of your your brain. And, you know, you, you've been talking to me about this journey that you've been on to find truth and to treat your soul well. Is that what helped you to get to the point of of realizing that you have a choice? Absolutely. And then uh, it, it also... Um... I'm been feeding myself just nearly 24 hours a day positive um, reinforcement, if you will, and it became it it it, it released something in me, or it, it, I just got to where I, had, I I felt like I had a choice, and that in itself is a negative com- connotation. Everything about both of those. So I uh, 
like say I wanted some advice, is that something I should let go as well or enjoy it? So summarize for me what your journey has been like in regards to this issue specifically, letting go, deciding to let go of these fetishes. And it's, again, it's only been two weeks. So summarize that journey for me, that part of your journey. Well, um, if, if you're just specifically talking about since uh, you and I recontacted or I recontacted you, it's um, you knew how to get to the bottom of things quickly and the wisdom to see some of the issues uh, in a short period of time and the the way you answered a lot of other smaller questions built my confidence in more confidence in you and what you were saying and I Again, I had a choice, and those are negative things, and the way you expressed your thoughts and your opinions on it, it was easy to receive and to finally time to lay it down, I guess. Would you say that this was an addiction for you or just a compulsion? Ooh. Um... Some people would argue that they are one and the same, but I, I don't think so. I, I think a compulsion is perhaps a step or two that could lead to full-fledged addiction, but they're not necessarily the same. Well, I'm, I, I honestly don't know how to answer that. I've, I've read different def, definitions of even sex addiction and some you could say I fell under and some you would say I didn't. Um, so I, I honestly don't know how to answer that. That's fine. You know, with me, it's not necessarily about having an answer. Sometimes it's just important that you are brave enough to consider the question. Because so many times in this lifestyle, people are simply afraid to even look inside of themselves. So it's fine I, I, if you don't have an answer to everything. It's completely fine. I tend to lean the other way. I think that's part of what... Uh, I'm too introspective in some ways, and in a lot of ways I was my own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. And that the the changing my I finally got to free of enough of the other issues that I could receive the positive things about myself and I don't plan on stopping uh, a lot of it's held me back a lot of years and I I want to make the correct moves and keep the ball rolling, I guess would be a great reason of why I contacted you this time. Hmm. What is it that you want for yourself, Frank? Health, healthy lifestyle and peace on the inside. Mm -hmm. 
Did you think that that was possible before? I, I never, no ma'am, I'd never been able to, other than brief glimpses of it, never been able to walk in it and have an opportunity to stay in it. What is it that you have learned over the past two years? Uh, I'm sorry, the past two weeks. And you can answer that any way that you want. I am not fishing for compliments. Let me be clear about that. I'm sincerely asking about your journey. What is it that you have learned over the past two weeks? Well, the one of the biggest ones is that... Um, you can still enjoy sex in a whether it just be masturbation or whatever in a very positive manner without indulging in all of the negative connotations to get you there and then when it's after the five minutes of peace from the release then mm -hmm. it's still peaceful mm -hmm. <laughs> I was surprised that you were able to get to that state so quickly. Um, and for those who are, are listening, I, I want to describe what you just said. I want to paraphrase it. What he's saying is, there's a way to have a release and to not feel guilt or shame or embarrassment. To have a release and to not be running away from yourself or from life. There's a way to have release and to connect further with yourself or the person that you're with. And a lot of times men, especially in BDSM, are simply looking to get off because that release allows them to be distracted from things that are bothering them. Bingo. And you are experiencing something very different. Absolutely. And it's so beautiful to see, sweetheart. It really is. I just, you, you were spot on with your uh, paraphrasing my thoughts there. You, you, you put it in a, that's what I was trying to say. Mm -hmm. One of the things that you have been conscious of, I did not give you this as an assignment. This is a part of your truth that you were able to tap into and then share with me. You came to me and I guess it was right at the beginning of reconnecting with me two weeks ago. If it wasn't the first call, then it was definitely the second where you talked about um, um, because you don't watch porn, which is really interesting. We'll talk about that in just a moment. So instead of watching porn, you would go through these fantasies in your head and those fantasies would help you to get off. And so you started mentioning that you didn't want to rely on those fantasies. And so what have you been doing instead of thinking about those fantasies? I really can't answer that other than not allowing anything negative in a fantasy. Mm -hmm. 
anything that feels unhealthy or um, degrading or humiliating or embarrassing. It, it, I, I don't. I just don't allow it in there and kind of let it go wherever else it wants to. Mm-hmm. As long as it's not negative. I mean, you're you're at the initial question. You were quick to say yes. That can be harmful and. My my question was that I've always wondered, well, where does it end? Uh-huh. Where, where, because it has progressed from, you know, like say there was reasons I started way younger than uh, the average person, but you look at what would arouse you then and what it would you would think about now and uh-huh. where, where does it end? And I, I think that's what gets people into the addiction. If I wasn't addicted, I was afraid I would be because it would keep requiring more. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and where do you think it would end? I, I never could see a positive end to it. I never, I never could see a positive into it, no matter how I pictured it. Um, either a you you draw a line somewhere, and then nothing arouses you, mm-hmm. or b you keep going and seeking more and more and more till it does become an addiction and a compulsion, and can eat you alive. And that's the only two answers I could come up with. The truth is that it doesn't end. That's the truth about fetishes. The truth about following, embracing compulsions and addictive patterns. The thing about addiction is that it does not end until it consumes you. Until there is nothing more left of you. That's what people don't understand. I'm glad that you decided that you wanted better for yourself. Because I I personally think that you are just a very special person. And those who are listening, you can hear in the way that I'm interacting with Frank that I'm not speaking with him as a submissive only or not as a dominatrix only. He is submissive, but he is also coming to me for counseling. And so when I have that dynamic, I focus more on counseling than I do on training him as a sub. Because if you are focused on counseling, then what you're saying is there's something inside of you that needs to be healed. And submission goes on the back burner. Although... You are still, you're being counseled, but you're also able to, um, you're, you're able to express your submissive side as well. How do you express your submissive side with me? (laughs) Well, from, from the, my, my true submissive side is I want to make my, my partner or my my uh, mistress or I, I want to make 
her smile. I want to make her proud. I want to make her happy. And I want, want to learn how to do that. That's, that's where my submissive nature comes from. What makes me happy, Frank? Honesty. You're, you're big on honesty, and so am I. And I think that's one reason we connect. Mm-hmm. And you like my laugh. <laughs> and i got a little different kind of sense of humor that I think you get. That mm-hmm. You smile a little too. You know, I want you to talk about truth. That is one of my favorite words in the lifestyle and outside of the lifestyle. A lot of times when subs come to me, they want to know what they can do to make me happy, as if there were a checklist. Mm -hmm. And I propose that if there is ever a checklist only, you know, without there being any mention of a relationship and a connection, if there, if the main focus is just a checklist, there's a problem. Because anyone can dress up shit and make it look decent. I mean, the smell is still going to be there, but, you know, people have done some amazing things with something like manure. They've done some very creative things, and you look at it and you go, oh, that's paint, or oh, that's you know, whatever it is, but it's still shit. And submission can be like that. There are people who want to dress it up and make it look a certain way, but really at the heart of the matter, their motivations are off. They are still very self-centered. Why am I mentioning this? I'm mentioning this, Frank, because today I let you do something for me that I normally don't allow anyone to do. You didn't know this, but when you sent me the message saying, can I send you a picture, I normally would say no. Because normally a person requesting to send a picture is all about, their focus is all about the fetish. You know, it's about being kinky and risque and, you know, they're doing something to turn themselves on. But you were not coming from that place, and so I allowed it. And it was interesting because the picture and then subsequent pictures that you sent me were, those are the types of gifts that I like to receive. Not stuff. Mm. Yeah, they are indications that you understand who I am and how I tick. They are indications that you've been paying attention. That is so much more special to me than a tribute you know, someone sending money or trying to buy something for me. That is nothing more than a transaction. Those types of things are nothing more than an investment in what the person hopes to get out of the relationship later. But I allowed you to send me that picture and and uh, subsequent pictures today, and they were they were right on. Just artistic and funny and expressive and adorable submissive Mm -hmm. yeah and you even showed a bit of your creative side i loved it why did you want to send me pictures because i thought that i could in with our connection 
our sense of humors would collide or I don't know if collides the word, but that you would enjoy it, that it would, that it would truly make you smile. It's not uh, robotic. Like you're saying, not a checklist, not a, uh, a do this, this and this and everything will be fine. It's a dynamic that you and I have created in a short time. And I, I thought we could connect more that way. You see, it's motivation. It's what drives you. It's not what you do as much as it is why you're doing it, what your motivation is. Because there was so much heart in the request and then you actually following up. There was so much um, sincerity and heart and truth and just so much of you and those simple pictures. It was good. It was nicely done, sweetheart. Thank you. I'm glad. All right. I frequently will ask you to check in with yourself and tell me how you're doing. So for the past 30 minutes or so, you've been speaking openly about your journey. I don't think being vulnerable is too much of a challenge for you. And that you being vulnerable has very little to do with me. I think that you've been on a journey of truth for a long time. So I'm not even going to pretend to take credit for that. You have been choosing to be open and vulnerable and to deal with real issues. Um, but for 30 minutes, you've been speaking openly, knowing that people are going to listen to you. How do you feel right now? Actually hopeful. Um, in the bottom of my heart, what makes me tick is to help other people. And if it shows somebody that uh, not to get discouraged, if you do fall, get back up and keep, I guess don't bang your head on the same wall, at least bang it on a different wall till you find, find what works and that it doesn't always have to be uh, the negative, hurtful side to things, even if it takes a long time to accomplish it. You've been very open about the fact that you are learning to manage your depression. Mm-hmm. And I have been very open about the fact that depression has been a huge part of my life. I've learned to manage it and I, I'm, I feel fine. But we've had these conversations where I tell you, you have to respect depression because as soon as you let your guard down and you think that you are going to conquer this just you know because you're amazing that's when depression will just jump in there and tear your ass to pieces so that is something that we have in common tell me how depression factors into compulsions and addictive patterns for you well, for me, I think it's absolutely what was driving it. It 
the only escape I had from it was the high from and the distraction, as you put it, from that, that was the only relief I got from it. And so it, it's, it's a mean circle. It, it's a mean circle until you can step out of that circle and point it in a different way. Mm-hmm. How are you with depression today? I am... Uh, better than I have ever been, more free than I have ever been, more, it's not, as you put it, it's not 100% gone, and uh, I, I have to guard, and I have to, I have to manage, but I do have, um, I do have a great uh, outlook on things now, and I have somewhat, I'm gaining more all the time, but I have somewhat of a control over it instead of it controlling me. Hmm. And I'm going to, uh, I'm going to get it, uh, I'll, I'll bang my head on a different wall till I do get it. What are you doing to manage your depression and to keep these uh, desires for these fetishes at bay? Because they do go hand in hand. If you're relying on these fetishes to not be depressed, then it's like that's your solution, that's your medicine, but you're trying to stay away from that. How are you managing that? Well, um... (laughs) A, uh, if I can get the right words, a uh, dig your heels in the dirt resolve that uh, if and when I do go there and I can't get it turned, then I'm going to not stay there willingly, but I'm not going to use sex to get me out of it. I'm not going to use those fantasies, uh, the negative ones, the, any of it. I'm not going to, uh, I, I have, whether it's the compulsion or whatever, I'm not going to indulge in that, in, in a depressive in a, in a true depressive state, uh, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to dig my heels in. I'm going to find another way mm-hmm. to change my thinking, to walk out of it. Then mm-hmm. even if you got to sit there and hurt, I'm, I'm not going to use the other because mm-hmm. it, it never ends. It, it didn't, didn't quit. So mm-hmm. part of it's uh, being uh, hard-headed. I mean, just... <laughs> Headed, dig in, and okay, I'm going to take this, and I'm going to take it until I can figure a way to walk out. But I'm not going to use that to walk out of it. Mm-hmm. If you are in an addictive pattern, if you are 
and at a point in your life where you are embracing addictive patterns, ergo addiction, if you are willingly embracing that, there are two things that are happening. One, you're isolating yourself and no one can get in. And two, you will see a person that you want to be close to. But because you're so closed off, you can't get to them. And so there are these behavioral patterns that come from being frustrated because you can't get what you want. You can't get what you need. You're not able to interact with that person the way that you want. You would like to treat that person better. You would like you know, to contribute to the relationship in a healthy way. But you can't do that when you are actively in an addictive cycle. How has addiction, and we don't need to talk about um, depression in this question, but how has an addiction or addictive pattern contributed to your relationships? Well, it would be hard to talk about it without the depression part entered into it. But, okay, uh, then do that. Go ahead, do that. Well, um, when you, or when I uh, would get to the worst spot, uh, I'm, I don't hide anything from my partner. I don't, and... Uh, I want that type of open, honest relationship, and you, I don't know, they go, they, they just go hand in hand, so then if you're using that to get, if you're using sex to get out of the depression, and then you, in a way, um, I, I did it, I never did it uh, dishonestly, uh, but in a way you're using your partner to help you cope. And that's, uh, it's not fair to them, mm-hmm. even if they're aware of it. And I, I made them aware of it. Uh, I, I never tried to trick anybody or use them consciously, although well, I shouldn't say consciously, but with um, without them being aware of, of it, mm-hmm. of being honest about, yeah, this is where I'm at at the moment. And uh, so it, it wouldn't be like using them just to satisfy me without them being aware of it. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know if that came out right, but. You're making sense. Yeah. So I, I never, I never used, I would never use anybody uh, without them being aware that I was using them. I mean, here I am. I'm right here. I'm hurting. I'm. Uh, this is what I'm thinking. Uh, let's run with that for a little while. But it's it's not fair to them. Even if they're, uh, even if they're fully aware of it, 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 and it's not fair to me either because uh, it, it, um, 
it damages me because in a way I feel like I'm hurting someone else to benefit myself and that's against everything inside me. What do you want for yourself moving forward? I asked you this at the beginning, but I want to ask you again. What do you want for yourself moving forward, sweetheart? Uh, healthy relationships, uh, control of depression, and positive positive steps every every which way I walk, whether it's sexually or in a relationship or just in my thinking or in my actions and my behavior uh, to grow where that's truly my nature way more often than it's not. You see, what you've just described is a holistic approach to your journey. I cannot tell you the number of people who come to me demanding an answer as to how they can stop addictive behaviors. And they can be demanding and ugly and, you know, they have these high expectations because especially if they re read my reviews, my reviews are amazing. But they're not amazing because of me alone. Yes, I am fantastic. But <laughs> those reviews are not that high, that fantastic because of me. It's because you do your work. It's because you are brave enough to look in the mirror and take inventory of what you see. It's because you become brave enough to deal with what you're seeing and what you're feeling. You're brave enough to stop running. There are people who contact me and say, well, you know, do for me what you did for these people. And they get upset when I can't give them three steps or five steps. It's because there are no steps. It's because it's a journey and you have to be true to your journey. I said that to you over a year ago. And it was during that brief conversation that we said goodbye. It was cordial because I didn't block you. But it, mm -hmm. I made a note that it was a goodbye. Mm -hmm. And it was a very similar type of conversation. You wanted what you wanted, but you weren't willing to be on the journey. You weren't willing to do the work. You just wanted to get what you wanted. We're wrapping up, Frank. I want you to tell people how important the journey is. Well... No matter what you do, it's the journey because uh, you're never going to be perfect. You're never going to be, you're always, I mean, if you, if you quit moving and you quit and then the journey's over and then what? So uh, my main advice would be dig in. Accept yourself during the process when you fall and dust yourself up off and try to make a dip, take a different approach to it the next time, even if it's, even if that approach was wrong, but I was too introspective and 
when you hurt that bad, you, uh, in my defense and other people's defense, you want some relief right then. And it's not that way. It's the journey. It's the process. It's the, to dig in and enjoy little bits that you can when you make progress, realize what helps you to make that progress and feed that. And when you fall, look and see what, if you can figure out what led to the fall, don't beat yourself up for it. Just try to take a different approach. And there's the journey. Nicely put, sweetheart. Do you have any final words for anyone who's listening to you? Just uh, don't give up. Don't, do not give up. Uh, this, uh, I'm not a spring chicken anymore, and this started in me really young from a whole lot of different angles. And uh, if, if you want out and you want a healthy lifestyle and you want a holistic approach to everything, uh, don't give up. Uh, it, in time, as the baby steps come and every now and then you get a big step and uh, stay on the journey till, you, till you're free. <laughs> Good job, sweetheart. Okay, I'm going to wrap up here. This interview has been a little bit longer than the others, but I'm really happy with it. I'm so pleased with you. I'm so glad that you were able to come on after just two weeks of being on your journey. You've shown so much growth, Frank, and I'm really pleased with you. I'm pleased for you, and I'm proud of you. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. This is Mr. Salisa with another edition of Heart and Soul. We'll see you next week. <laughs>